0: You are listening to Illini Life Audio, messages from a community of Christian believers on the campus of University of Illinois at Urbana-Champaign. For more audio and video content, visit illinilife.org.
1: I'm in a situation right now, uh, through a lot of different events, that I, I am I am dealing with anxiety in my life that I've like never done before, and I've I've had a lot of risky jobs, uh, but. So I just said, God, how are you going to help me through this? And uh, because stopping is not an option. And so <clears throat> so he said Psalm 23. So I've been, I've been living in Psalm 23, and it's been living in me since the beginning of the summer. So I'm going <clears> to <throat> share some some thoughts. We're going to look at it, uh, and uh, we're going to start out with some things just to get them out of the way. Uh, yeah, just to get them out of the way, a few things we need, a little housekeeping yeah, go ahead. Can you pull up the PowerPoint? Yeah. Yeah, all right. Uh oh, that one. Yes. So ha, yeah, we are in a we are in a series about uh the Psalms. So uh we're we're picked out three of our favorites out of a hundred and fifty. Uh David did Psalm one last week. We're gonna refer back to that. And then next week we get uh an alum uh Kate Norcross, Dr. Kate Norcross, will be here to uh, to lead us through Psalm 62, another one of my favorites. So uh, we're at Psalm 23, and uh, there's some things we need to get through here, oh, and that's one of them. All right, uh, the uh, I, I tried to find some good sheep memes, and there aren't very many, to tell you the truth, but uh, I thought this was pretty good. So... Uh before we go any further, if anybody else has any bad jokes uh or puns <laughs> that you need to get off your chest before we go on to more serious stuff, this would be the time to do it. Okay, yeah, we've got one back there. What do they say when they wish each other a happy Christmas? Police not be <laughs> 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 Okay, you only get one more, John. <laughs> Uh, um, All right. Uh, Thanks for enduring that. Uh, So from uh, David's message on Psalm 1 last week, uh, he pointed out some of the things that we get out of Psalms, and uh, we're going to follow up with that today. And uh, here here are the big ideas that David shared with us last week, in case you weren't here. The Psalms are a framework for worship. They, they uh, reflect the reflection on the Lord in Psalms is deliberate and not passive. So that's, we're going to, we're going to have deliberate reflection on the Lord today. Uh, This is not going to be kind of a sit back and listen message. I hope we can all engage and deliberately reflect on the Lord. Worship and reflection on the Lord is resilient, not subject to circumstance What to look for in Psalms? A couple of things, images which capture the relationship between us and God. Well, this is the big one. This is the big one. Sheep and shepherd uh, captures our relationship with God and um, also responses to our own temptation to fall away. So if you're being tempted in some areas today, hopefully it will be helpful to you. And then the unconditional goodness and faithfulness of God. We'll see all of that kind of condensed there in Psalm 23. So, so the value, what's, what, do we, what do we hope to get out of Psalm 23? Why was I excited, so excited when I saw I'd have the opportunity to do this? One is the opportunity for us to deepen our relationship with the shepherd. And if you go, huh, I don't know if I have a relationship with the shepherd. Well, today would be a good day for you to find out what's involved with that and see if it's attractive. And if you know you do have a relationship with the shepherd then today, when we go into this in detail, I think you'll have a chance to deepen that. And of course, (laughs) verse 1, the Lord's my shepherd, I shall not want. So it's easy to memorize, but my goal is actually way more than that, and that's for you to actually experience that. For you to actually experience God meeting your needs, so that you'll say, I shall not want. And maybe that's a struggle for you. It's a huge struggle for me. And, but I believe that through what we're going to look at today, we'll be able to experience it more. <clears throat> so, you know, when you think about Psalm 23, one of, the, one of the things that's just, like, incredible is the impact that it has and that it's had over time. It takes, what, it takes less than 30 seconds to say Psalm 23, uh the uh yeah i challenge you to see how fast you can say it in our small group i think eight people memorized it and shared that with us at our small group meeting uh there are youtube videos that uh claim to be able to teach a child to memorize it in like 10 minutes so uh, check it out but you something that's so short so few words yet so profound that it's had a huge effect on people throughout history. Of course, Hollywood funerals would not be complete without Psalm 23, right? Next time you watch a movie with a, <clears throat> with a funeral in it, a funeral service, people gathered around a casket. If it's not Psalm 23, then what is it? It's, uh, it's John 11, I'm the resurrection and the life. It's one of those two uh, people look at because of the, the line about the valley, of the shadow of death, which doesn't even mention death by the way. So stay tuned for that. Uh, and then there's, there's a, uh, there was an opportunity that uh, occurred after 9-11, 2001. And I just want to read you what uh, President Bush addressed the nation and really the world that was watching that night from the White House. He said, Tonight I ask for your prayers for all those who grieve. For the children whose worlds have been shattered. For all those whose sense of safety and security has been threatened. And I pray that they will be comforted by a power greater than any of us. Spoken through the ages in Psalm 23. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I fear no evil, for you are with me. And I have to wonder, (coughs) probably... uh, Bush's speechwriter knew that he was a believer and uh, and may have inserted this because he could say it with conviction because he did know the shepherd. But it's it's fascinating. Major composers who all Bach, Bernstein, Dvorak, uh, Schubert, many have written specific pieces for Psalm 23 in different events. And there's a whole list of uh, pop musicians who have uh, who've plagiarize Psalm 23 in their lyrics to give their songs a punch. Uh, so since this is mainly about sheep, I want to start off, and since we're U of I students or have been mostly, I need to start off with a good definition of sheep. And this is if you were taking a class in ethology, uh, you might, you, this might be uh, the first day of class Uh, You'd have to learn this definition. Sheep is a defenseless, wary, tight-flocking, visually wool-covered, ruminant, cud chewing animal. Evolved for a desert or mountain habitat with low-water needs, displaying a follower-type, dominant, precocial, offspring relationship with strong imitation between uh, young and old in establishing rain systems, showing seasonal breeding and separate male subgroup structure at certain times of the year. So hide that in your heart. Uh, the uh, <clears throat> all right now that we now that we've got through the academic, uh, the thing I want to pull out of here is obviously that uh, sheep are followers. Sheep are followers. That's the big thing, and you know that's why this psalm is so controversial. This this is easily the most controversial psalm because it's all about the sheep shepherd relationship, and right now being a sheep is not popular. I don't know if it ever has been. But all the memes on sheep are like, no, nobody wants to be an idiot sheep that is like a lemming and follows them over the cliff. Nobody wants to just go along with the majority just for being in the majority. Uh, And it's not been popular, you know, with the high priests of uh, modernity and humanism. The, The sheep model has always been scoffed at. Because, because, no, we're, you can't actualize yourself if you're a follower. Following is the last thing that you want to be. So so here we are talking about the advantages of being a sheep. So, uh, but I think in all of us, we have a little bit of that. Yeah, is this really, like, this really a good thing? Is this, like, really safe? I mean, is it going to kind of, is it going to squash part of me? How's this all going to wind up? So hopefully these questions uh, can be answered uh, in the next 25 minutes here. Uh, But we are fortunate here in iLife. We have an in-house shepherdess. So this is not just me reading from, uh, you know, Wikipedia. This is someone who has raised sheep, and, uh, uh, which, is, which I'm thrilled about, because that was on my list uh, of, uh, of a woman that God might give me as a wife that she had shepherded. <laughs> so <laughs> this is my wife, Leah. Tell us, like, what are sheep like?
0: Hi. <laughs> well, first true confessions, I never, ever did own one of those shepherd crook staff thingy, so I don't know that I'm really legit, <laughs> but um, I did raise sheep for 15 years, and by the time I went off to college, had about 30 ewes in my flock, and so I uh, um, know a little bit about them, and sheep, sheep do have some issues, uh, they're pretty fragile creatures. Really, especially compared to other livestock. Um, When it comes to predators, they don't really have a whole lot of natural defense. They're not that fast at running. They can kick, but their legs are kind of spindly and (laughs) little hooves. And they um, can butt, but most of them don't have horns. So it's really important to um, be guarding them, keeping them shut up at night. Uh, Where I grew up, coyotes were the predators. And so, especially during lambing season, we would have to bring them in every night and uh, make sure they were safe from the coyotes. And um, another thing about sheep, they are pretty fragile just as far as their health. They get sick kind of easily. And um, our veterinarian, to quote him, he said, "Uh, a sick sheep is a dead sheep.
1: Mm. (laughs)
0: They just... It's hard to help them get over something once they get sick. So uh, it was very important to try to catch it early if they looked like they were sick. And, uh, um, but even then, honestly, a lot of times that uh, they went ahead and died. But uh, one other thing about sheep, they are a little hard to steer. Like, it was hard <laughs> to make them go where you wanted them to go. Uh, Thus, sheep dogs are <laughs> necessary. But I never had a sheep dog um but, and I actually never had a goat either, but a lot of shepherds uh, or people with raising lots of sheep will have a goat in with each uh, pen because it was pretty easy to get a goat to go into an open gate or something but uh, and once the goat went, then the sheep would just follow, like, as JD said, like lemmings. they just if one goes, they all go. but uh, it was difficult to get them started. so people would use goats or sheep dogs or. Um yeah, so sheep have a lot of benefits I love them they, <laughs> uh, they give me warm fuzzies still every time I see a sheep but uh they definitely are an animal that needs a shepherd
1: yeah yeah thank you yeah yeah so give, uh yeah uh give her some applause for that the uh so <clears throat> It is a picture of our relationship with God. So it is a picture, and just uh, there are many pictures of our relationship with God, and they're all true. And I just want to lead, lead off with that, that, you know, we, we are sons and daughters. We are citizens of a kingdom. You know, we are, uh, we are uh, trees planted by a stream of living water. Uh, we, are, uh, we are branches on a vine, Uh, All of these are inspired pictures of our relationship with God. So, uh, but being a sheep is one, and it's one that we can go into deeply. And uh, we had characteristics of sheephood uh, before we were Christians. Uh, Isaiah says, all we like sheep... Have gone astray. That's the problem of us before we come to Christ as we're wandering sheep. And Jesus said, it, he looked on the multitudes and it says he felt compassion for them because they were like sheep without a shepherd. It says, he says that they were distressed and downcast because they had no shepherd. And that's how he saw them. And he wanted them, how often he said, I wanted to gather you together. Uh, and, of course, he introduced himself as the door to the sheep. And we'll, we'll come to that in a minute. So first, uh, I want to give you the context of this, of Psalm 23. Because, honestly, uh, this, when I, when I got some of this uh, insight and, and uh, information around the context... It flipped my whole understanding of Psalm 23. We probably in our mind right now have visions of green pastures, still waters, banquet tables, and all of that. But, but Psalm 23 was the prayer of a sheep. Yeah, it's the only prayer of an animal uh, in, in the Bible that I know of. Uh, it's, the, it's the prayer of an animal living... In the desert Palestine in the ancient Near East was 70% desert still is and <clears throat> these sheep were living in the desert now when you think of the desert you think uh, and of course there's there's this the sandy arid desert there's the mountain there's the hilly deserts uh, like in the uh, in Palestine and uh, we 'll see some pictures here in a minute, <clears throat> but that 's where they lived. That was their life and uh, it 's inhospitable it 's uh, hard to survive. There are certain requirements to even survive in the desert environment where they were and it 's interesting now we 're going to look at a couple passages from the prophets. Uh, one of them will be uh, one of them in Jeremiah two. You know, when you think about life in the desert, uh, you think uh, sheep in the desert really need a shepherd, right? Because you think of Israel, Israel in the desert, what did they, what happened to Israel in the desert that allowed them to survive? Manna, right? (laughs) They, They had to get manna every day to survive. Water, sometimes they had no water. They had to have someone lead them to, to even to find water. Uh, what else? What else was going on? Well, in, in the wilderness, remember, which is wilderness and desert, that's the same thing. These sheep we're talking about are, are living in the wilderness area, just like Israel wandered through for 40 years after they left Egypt. So, so God led them literally every day. Uh, they had to have that. To get to these other places, they had remember a cloud by day and a uh, smoke pit by night. No, it was a it was a smokeless fire at night. Right, a flame at night led them, uh, and that was all required to survive in the wilderness. Okay, that's that's the kind of sets the backdrop a little. But here's how God viewed His time with Israel when they were in the wilderness. Look at this from Jeremiah. Now, the word of the Lord came to me, saying, Go and proclaim in the ears of Jerusalem, saying, Thus says the Lord, I remember concerning you the devotion of your youth, the love of your betrothals, your following after me in the wilderness through a land not sown. Israel was holy to the Lord, the first of his harvest. All who ate of it became guilty, and evil became came upon them. Declares the Lord. So there's from a major prophet, God speaking His heart through Jeremiah, saying, "You know that time in the wilderness, that was that was the best. That was the best. You know. So what? Why could this be? What What is it about a wilderness that's unique? Um, Maybe no distractions." Uh maybe in the wilderness, there was a total dependence daily on God to show up and provide for them. There were, there were <clears throat> besides no distractions, there were no other gods. There were the gods of the nations there. They were, they were alone with God in the wilderness. And look what he says in Hosea, in Hosea a minor prophet. This is, a, this is when he's, he says what he's going to do to the fact now that Israel has totally abandoned him and turned away. He says, therefore, behold, I will allure her and bring her into the wilderness and speak kindly to her. And there, then, then I will give her her vineyards and the valley of Achor as a door of hope. That's a very profound promise that we don't have time to explore here, but understanding how he was going to turn the Valley of Acor, which was a disaster in their history, he was going to turn that into a door of hope, but he could only do it once he got him into the wilderness again. And she will sing there as in the days of her youth, as in the day when she came up from the land of Egypt. So from God's perspective, being having his people in the wilderness is not a bad thing. You can see where see where I'm going with this. These are sheep living in a wilderness, and and God wants to be their shepherd in the wilderness. So um, so now now we're going to uh, setting that as the context. Now we're going to we're going to get into the content. So here's what I want you to do. I want you to close your eyes. We've, we've been exposed to the psalm already through, through music, through parts of what I quoted. Uh, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to just uh, say this psalm now, and, and I want you to just listen. Listen to the heart of this shepherd, all right? Uh, there's not going to be anything else on the screen. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You've prepared a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You've anointed my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely, goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. All right. If the person next to you doesn't open their eyes, just poke them. Uh, So we're going to go through these, uh, go through this verse by verse. Uh, Verse 1 is really the one I want you to remember, because verse 2 through 6 are just an explanation of what it means that I shall not want. Uh, It's like if, you know, if you said that to someone uh, off the street, you know, God God does everything for me. Well, like what? So that's what this verse 2 through 6 will say. Uh, and uh, here you can see uh, in case, uh, you know, I, some, some people during discussion, you know, thought, well, you know, being a sheep, that's not, you know, it's still really not my thing. I, I still feel like somehow constricted by that, by that analogy. So I'm going to throw in here uh, some, uh, some of Jesus' uh, identification uh, to help us, you know, really grasp that this is, this is for our lives today, right? Because he says in John 10, I am the good shepherd, and the good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. He said, so right there, if Christ died for you, you're a sheep. Sorry, <laughs> that's, just, that's what you want to be, right? Uh, you want to be the sheep that the shepherd died for. Do not be afraid, he said, little flock, little flock, for your father has chosen gladly to give you the kingdom. So anything that's in the kingdom, I shall not want that, right? Because, because he's, he's already committed to providing uh, to us, everything in the kingdom. So, so I, I've got to look at this slide, this next one. Yeah, ha! I sent this to Maddie. I thought she won't be able to get that on a slide. No, she did. Look at that. <laughs> so, so this is uh, this is one one little uh, uh, I don't know uh, hack. Uh, this is something I do to help me meditate. You know, on something very simple like the the Lord's my shepherd, I shall not want. Okay, you got that memorized. Uh, I've got it memorized. Next time you see me uh, outside of here, you say the Lord's my shepherd, I'll tell you I shall not want, right? I may, I may test you on that. So here's, here's something you can do with, with uh, Bible Gateway. Uh, you know, a great uh, friend to Bible study. Uh, go to Bible Gateway and, uh, and just enter, enter, enter the, the verse that you'd like to meditate on. Just put the reference there. And then just click the C in all English translations. Wow! And they've done all this work for you. I used to have, when I became a Christian back back in the days that yeah, there were pre-Cambrian era when there was no internet, <laughs> and uh, and so I would have all these Bibles of different translations. It would take me. Well, I could never do this, right? I, I'd pull up my top two or three. Here you can pull you can pull up. Uh, 56 English translations on this verse, so I've, I've deduped it. So there's only 35 here, uh, and those of you with better eyes can probably read this. Uh, but but do this. This is uh, and and God will set, use this to set you off on actually meditating on what's going on in a verse, so you don't lose it for for uh, the syllables. Like in this list. <clears throat> Uh, I'm not going to read it. it. It's really fun, though. Uh, so the, the the first example, because I sorted this alpha and open parents sorted to the top, it says, uh, this is a mizmor of David. So right away we know this is a tune that David carried in his head. So when David would be walking along, he'd be singing this in Hebrew. And I can't actually, I know Hebrew, but I can't say it with a mask on because there's too much of, uh, it's too guttural, right? <laughs> it gets all, all over my face. Uh, I don't know how they uh, speak Hebrew with uh, with masks, uh, but they're <coughs> I'm sure they figured it out. So, reading down through there, there's just so many things that you can see uh, that may have been lost in the English translation. That you, that's your favorite. Uh, one of the ones <coughs> that I <coughs> toward the bottom of the list: Yahweh is my best friend and my shepherd, because this word. This, this Hebrew word is not only shepherd, but, but friend. This word is sometimes translated friend because the shepherd is your friend. And uh, so uh, really like that and really recommend this process. Uh, thanks for getting that all on the screen, man. <laughs> uh, so uh, <clears throat> that's verse 1. Uh, so what do you... <clears throat> before we run through these others... What, what do you need from the shepherd today? As you, as you heard this, there's, you know, there's something probably that stands out to you that you need. You know, is it <clears throat> green pastures, uh, still waters? Is it uh, help, you know, uh, finding the right path? Do you, do you need help uh, knowing he's with you in darkness? Uh, do you know, do, are you confident that he's going to provide for you abundantly, whatever circumstance you're in? do you Do you lack hope that things are going to be good? so these are things that um as we as we go through these verses, listen and pick which verse pick which what it is that you need from the shepherd today because it's probably not all things equally. It's like I just need it all no there's probably something that will speak to you so In verse 2, it leads me beside, uh, makes me lie down in green pastures, leads me beside quiet waters. So this is where we need to adjust our thinking, because because when we think of uh, green pastures in Illinois, it's going to be something like this, right? Right, oh, yeah. Uh, But here's, no, here's what the sheep is really asking for. Here's what green pastures look like in the wilderness. There you go. And you see the green on there? There is some, isn't there? And that's because it's an arid land, right? So when the, water, when, the, when the air blows in off of the Mediterranean, the moist air that comes in during certain times of the day, it will collect on certain rocks and, uh, enough for plants to grow. And not, not big, luscious palm tree plants, but little scraggly things that just have about enough for a snack. And that is, that's the green pastures that the sheep want to get to. But the, the challenge to getting to them is that you have to know how to, how to get there. And the, uh, and so on the still waters, I don't know what you picture still waters. Maybe, maybe something like this. Now, that would be great. I'd love to hang out there. Now, here's what probably is in the sheep's mind as far as still waters go. Yeah, this. Uh, and the thing about the still waters is that it's not just, well, what's so great about still waters? You know, somebody pointed, well, they're stagnant. They're probably not good. Well, the, it's an interesting uh, tidbit from the study of uh, archaeology in uh, the ancient Near East. was the number one cause of death to herd animals was water. Because, because of the, the climate and the way that the rains would come and they would swell a, a trickle into a flood and uh, hundreds and thousands of animals would be killed when there would be that type of rain. So I believe what the sheep is asking for is lead me to safe waters, lead me to some place where I can... Because you're the shepherd, you know the weather, you interpret the clouds, you know it's safe right now for us to put our heads down and wade into the water and drink. And we're not going to be washed away with the flood. So I put these <clears throat> under the category of preservation. These are things; these are the things you know how to do. You need to know how to do to survive in a, in a wilderness. Uh, I would literally, as a human being, need someone to show me that to survive there verse uh, and uh, of course Jesus said, "Come to me, all who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. So as the shepherd, uh, he knows what we need to survive. Uh, prosperity, so prosperity, you know we is linked to the way of righteousness from Psalm 1. So restores my soul is literally gives me life. It gives me life. This is like uh, when when you came to Christ, he, he, he restored your soul, he gave you a life. He brought you to life and he enlivened you. And now he will guide you in the paths of righteousness for his namesake. When we think of, and this word path of righteousness is really straight, straight paths. And when we think of straight paths, we probably think of something like this, right? There's a nice straight path through the desert. But no, the sheep, when the sheep think of the straight path, it's like this. All right, those, those sheep right there in the middle, there is actually a shepherdess in there too. It, they're being led in what there is a straight path. And if you look on the uh, upper left side of the image, you see those, those markings, they're, they're light colored, looks like scratches across there. Those are actually paths that have been worn over time, over hundreds or thousands of years of sheep walking across there. And the, the tricky part of these paths is that a lot of them don't go anywhere. And a lot of them are treacherous. And in the valleys down in the bottom, uh, there are the carcasses of the sheep who went on the wrong path. And so the idea here of the path guiding in paths, straight paths, or right paths, taking the right path. We need to get to the water. We need to get to the green fields. Which path should we go on? It's literally zigzaggy. And it's the shepherd that knows which ones to take and which ones not to take. And it's never a short path. You can't because it's too steep to go straight up, which some of us would like to do. You have to zigzag, and you can't often even see around some of of these hills. So it's literally a step at a time. And that's the thing that I'd like to highlight here on Leads Us in Paths. God will give you direction for the next thing, but not the thing that's 100 miles away. That's not uh, the context that they were operating in. All right. Uh, Jesus said, the thief comes to steal and kill and destroy. I came, they might have life and have it abundantly. He wants to lead you and lead us as sheep to uh, where we will prosper where we will have the best life. And when I became a Christian at 19, and I wanted my life to be fulfilled, to count, I I just wanted it all. And I thought, well, wait, Jesus had it all. Maybe if I I set my course to follow him, I would experience it all. And I have experienced a lot more than I ever thought I would. Verse 4, Though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I fear no evil. For you're with me, your rod and staff. Comfort me. So there's not, like I said, there's nothing about death actually in here. It's, it's literally when I walk through the valley of deep, deep darkness. And uh, death was a threat by following off the path. But what was more common is we go through a valley when the sun goes down and it's black. You've, yeah, you've been in the sunset in the mountains, right? <laughs> the sunset in the mountains happens quick, and that uh, the same thing happens here. And in the valleys, in the dark, in the dusk, that's where the predators were, because that's where the sheep would be defenseless without a shepherd. So that's why in those dark valleys, the presence of the shepherd was their only uh, possibility to to survive. And it had to do with, of course, the rod. And the staff. So I know some of us are here today to find out what that means, right? That's a like big thing. What is what in the world is a rod and staff? Well, not to disappoint, but sometimes the rod and staff were the same thing. It was like a piece of wood. Uh, but if you're going to distinguish between them, the rod was shorter, heavier. Some call it, uh, it was like a club. It was a short piece of wood that you could wield with one hand. And uh, there's, a, uh, <laughs> there's a great... Let me, let me read you this. This is David telling Saul what he did as a shepherd. All right, he says, Your servant was tending his father's sheep when a lion came and took a lamb from the flock. So I went out after him and attacked him, rescued it from his mouth. Then he rose up against me, I seized him by his beard and struck him and killed him. All right, so this is why sheep were glad the shepherd had a rod. Because this, this poor sheep here got rescued right out of the lion's mouth. And uh, David protected the flock by killing, smacking the lion with this club. All right, so uh, they would often use the, the, the rod for that. There's another use of the rod, I'll come back to in a minute. But then the staff, okay, that's that's what made you a shepherd, right? That was like only shepherds had staffs. So that was the long thing with the crook on the end. And that was usually used for like, you know, getting him getting them back into the uh, into a straight line or whatever they needed to be. Or if one fell down, uh started to fall down, you know, you could grab them it's like i think of it every time now they have at the swimming pool they have staffs right it's the long aluminum thing <laughs> with a crook on the end uh, so that they can fish people out and so there you go that's the closest thing we have in champagne urbana to a staff and the use of it so of course the rod so the rod shows up in scripture in other places nine times it shows up in Proverbs. Uh, either how the fool gets the rod because he doesn't know how to talk, or the child because there's folly in their heart and the rod will drive it away. So it does speak of the whole discipline relationship that a sheep has with a shepherd and that we have with our Heavenly Father. And uh, I can commend to you Hebrews 12. Uh, Read that chapter to understand how discipline is is how God shows he loves us. As a matter of fact, it says, for, the, for those whom the Lord loves, he disciplines. There you go. There you go. It says those who are without discipline, hmm, you can't be sure. But that's, uh, and so the shepherd knew that if they were being corrected, if the sheep, the sheep knew that if they were being corrected and the shepherd was, was tapping them with the rod, Then they needed it. Now, I'm not ever going to ask you, and God's never asked me to enjoy that. As a matter of fact, it says in Hebrews 12 that all discipline seems for the moment not to be joyful, (laughs) but sorrowful. So if there's something in your life right now that you feel like, okay, this is harder than it needs to be, or this thing broke, this circumstance just did not go right, and God may be, he may, if it's something unpleasant, that came not because, you know, you uh, you put the milk back in the cupboard and it rotted. You know, it was not because of something stupid you did, but just it might be God disciplining you. In which case, uh, especially if it's sorrowful, uh, and then again, read Hebrews 12, because there's two things we can do with that discipline. Uh, <clears throat> actually, there's three things. One is that we can just blow it off. It's like, oh, well, you know, I've been spanked before, uh, and uh, the like when I was a kid, and I, I got spanked and I laughed. That was not the right move, right? Uh, or it says the other thing we do is we faint when we're reproved by And We say, "Oh, this is too hard. God is too hard on me." That's it. You know, I'm just gonna I'm gonna throw my hands up. Don't do that. No, respond with uh, respond with a. Uh, grateful and learning heart uh, because that will comfort you in the end. Hebrews 12 again explains that. All right, verse 5 is about his provision. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. So I had to throw this slide in just because uh, I'm a meat lover and, uh, you know, and the fatted calf was always a big part of the feast. And uh, so, yeah, there we go. Uh, I guess that's a... That's a fatted calf in the ancient Near East. Uh, the, uh, <coughs> uh, but uh, actually for a sheep, you know, the feast, the table the spread before him was probably more like, more like this. It would have been like an oasis. It's like, oh, wow, here I can just eat to my heart's content. I don't have to eat the little snack, little tufts of grass that grow out there in the wilderness. Uh, but here's an oasis, and so I have a, I have a feast and so the issue there, of course, is that the, the feast is in the presence of the enemies. So it's a hostile environment, which some of us, you know, we, we have things about our environment that make it difficult, and God wants, God wants you to have a feast in the middle of that, because enemies were present, uh, and, uh, and he, he, he can give you an oasis in the, in the desert, and then I have another slide here just for uh for vegetarians in our midst. Uh they could have a feast there too without the fatted calf. So, you know, it says he anoints my head with oil, which would be like shampoo. I mean, it's it's uh it's something it's not motor oil. It's uh it's oil that was uh perfumed. Uh it was refreshing and of course, uh Anointing, anointing the head and anointing with oil is always uh, speaks of the Messiah also. And then he says, my cup overflows. And this is not, no waste happening here like stuff falling on the ground. It's really, my cup is always full. It's always full. I share stuff, my cup is refilled. So it's a cup that never empties. It's always filled to the brim. But I have enough to share Uh, And Jesus promised to his followers that seeking his kingdom would guarantee that all things that we needed would be added to him in the Sermon on the Mount. So verse 6, the last promise here is uh, the last uh, promise is surely goodness and loving kindness will follow me all the days of the life of my life and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. The sh- the sheep is is convinced that the shepherd is out for their good no matter what uh, they're not they're not worried that you know I started on the wrong path uh, but I you know and he's not going to hold that against me <laughs> he's not going to hold that against me that's mercy that's mercy uh, and the sheep is good the, the shepherd is good the shepherd always has his eye out for the prosperity of the sheep. And that's our, that's our core conviction, is that God is good. And God is good all the time, even when, we're, even when we're on a rocky path, even when we're in the wilderness. And maybe he wants to show his goodness more because we are in the wilderness and we're totally dependent on him. And so there are three references to Jesus as a shepherd in the New Testament. One is, one is his, he's the good shepherd. He's the shepherd who laid down his life for his sheep. That's reflected in Psalm 22. Psalm 22, 23, and 24 are the shepherd psalms. And in Psalm 22, it starts off, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? So this is the picture of Christ on the cross where he was the good shepherd who laid down his life. Then there's also then the... <clears throat> um uh, the shepherd in uh psalm 23 who is the uh great shepherd and that's the shepherd that we've been talking about uh this is uh in in Hebrews 12 uh, 13 it gives a benediction and commits the children of God to the chief shepherd uh who is He's the chief shepherd in our lives today. And in the third, third time Jesus returned, referred to as a shepherd in the New Testament, First Peter, it says, when the chief shepherd appears, the chief shepherd, you'll inf- uh, receive the unfading crown of, crown of glory. And that's actually in Psalm 24, right after the one today. So uh, those are known as the Shepherd psalms. And they all picture Jesus. So I'm going to, so I'm going to ask you to pray with me now, and uh, to, and as we do, uh, I'm literally going to ask you to pray with me, to pray this out loud, uh, because uh, I want to, I want to think through with you, all that that Jesus wants to be to you as a shepherd. He wants, he wants to preserve you, in in the wilderness, whatever wilderness you're experiencing in your life right now, whatever lack, whatever thing that you wish that you could get and you can't, whatever is hard, whatever is threatening in your environment, he wants to give you the, the food and the water to preserve you. <clears throat> Wherever you're looking for guidance, he wants to show you the next step in a, in a path, a straight path, you know, wherever, wherever there's darkness in your life, wherever you need more light, where you need clarity, where you need relief from fear, He, he wants to show you His presence. He wants, he wants you to know that He is with you in that. And wherever you, you feel like you can't be generous, you're, you feel like there's scarcity, like, like I barely have enough to get along, he wants to provide for you in abundance. And he wants you to just have hope to know that, you know, the world may not be getting better, uh, but your relationship with him can get better. And you the kingdom of God that he is bringing in. The gates of hell are not prevailing. And uh, despite, uh, yeah, despite what you read, the church is not going away. And, the, uh, and he is blessing, and believers are thriving. So let's pray this together. Let's pray this together. Uh, I want you to, I mean, you can uh, say it out loud with me. I'm going to pray slowly so we can do this. And when we get, when we get to the part that, that really speaks to you, speak up. Pray that. Ask God for it, and uh, we'll pray with you. Lord, there we go. (laughs) Let's pray. Lord, we, your sheep, you know what we need. But we want to make our request today according to what we're seeing and feeling. Satisfy me with what you give so that I may rest. Help me see the next step on the path you want me to take. Make me aware of your presence when I am feeling the darkness. Help me respond to your loving discipline with a willingness to change. Give me a grateful heart for your abundant provision. Help me see your mercy and goodness all around me every day. Jesus, I believe you are the good shepherd and I'm committed to following you. Amen.